0: We're going to hear some more about the kind of stuff that God loves to do in just a minute. Uh, we're going to be starting a three-week mini-series over the summer that we're calling History Makers. Oh, okay. It's going to be called History Makers. And over the next three weeks, we're going to look at three people in history who have, who have made history, who have changed history, who have had a massive impact in terms of seeing Jesus made famous in the earth and we're going to look at these three people and just unpack a bit what can we learn as a church about how we can be history makers what can we learn from these people about their relationship with god and the kind of stuff they got up to so that as a church as kids as adults we can transform history not only in this this nation our town but in the nations of the world so is anybody happy about that you guys know that we're all called to be influential and significant. Kids, you're called to have a massive influence in the lives of the people around you. Adults, we are called to have a massive influence. And so this morning, I am going to look at a guy called Smith Wigglesworth. And uh, Smith Wigglesworth is an incredible guy. And kids, I've got an activity for you to be doing as I'm speaking if you would like to do something while I'm speaking, while you're listening. And there's a a form up here on the stage to my left and to my right with some coloring crayons. If you wanna go and grab one and take it back to your seats, you're welcome to do that. If you wanna grab one and stay there, that's also fine. But I'm gonna be asking you to do things as I go through my talk this morning. So if you want to be involved, go and grab that now. Uh, so that you don't feel awkward grabbing it in a minute while I go into things. Okay, so feel free to come up to the front and grab a sheet of paper and some pens and we'll get underway. And I'm gonna ask you kids to do stuff as we go. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Oh yeah, sure, go for it. So, let's, let's go for it. Smith Wigglesworth, he was born in 1859 in a small village near Bradford in Yorkshire. And uh, his family was very, very poor. And uh, he, by the time he was seven, get this, by the time he was seven years old, he was working 12 hours a day. By the time he was seven, he, was, he had to walk two miles, which as I worked out, is about from here to Aspect's cinema place. Walked two miles and worked for 12 hours a day to make money for the family. And when he was eight years old, his grandma took him to a church meeting. And in that church meeting, he encountered God's presence. And he ended up giving his life to Jesus when he was eight years old. And everything changed for him up to, after, after that point. He, became, he grew into a man who was incredibly passionate about seeing God break out all around him. He was incredibly passionate about, about seeing God's kingdom, his rule and reign break out wherever he went. And he saw incredible miracles through his lifetime. And he saw many, many people give their lives to Jesus. I just want to read one, one example of what happened. Uh, Wigglesworth was on a train. Wigglesworth was traveling by train to Cardiff in South, South Wales one day and sat praying quietly, but did not feel the leading of the Spirit to witness to the people with whom he shared the carriage. As the train was nearing the station, he went to the lavatory to wash his hands. And while there, he prayed for a few moments. This is what he says. As I returned, I believed the Spirit of the Lord was so heavily upon me that my face must have shone there were two clerical gentlemen sitting together and as I got into the carriage again, one of them cried out, sir, you convince me of my sin and fell on his knees there and then. Soon the whole carriage of people was crying out the same way. They said, who are you? What are you? You convince us all of sin. It was a good opportunity that God had given me and you can be sure that I made the best of it. Many souls were born into the kingdom of God in that railway carriage. And that, guys, that was just the normal life for Smith Wigglesworth. He was so full of God that that was normal for him. And the, the fun thing is he was, he's a man like like we are. He was a human being just like we are. And what God can do through him, he wants to do and can do through us. And so as, as we listen to the stories of Smith Wigglesworth's life, we mustn't think, oh my gosh, that was amazing, but never happen again. I think it should provoke us to feel faith of what God wants to do again through us, okay? So three things we can learn from Smith Wigglesworth's life. Kids, are you ready? Your first activity is coming up. First thing we can learn is this. We've got to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. A big change came in Smith Wigglesworth's life when he got baptized, got filled up, encountered for the first time the Holy Spirit. And you know, the truth is that the Holy Spirit is the presence of God on the earth. And some people think that God is distant and not interested in being with his people, but nothing could be further from the truth. The presence of God, the Holy Spirit is God's presence on the earth. He is deeply interested in being connected and intimate with his people. And when, when Smith encountered the Holy Spirit, it changed everything. When we encounter the Holy Spirit, what happens is something comes alive on the inside. It's like the Holy Spirit comes and fills us and suddenly our hearts become alive to God. Our relationship with God suddenly feels real and exciting and we encounter God's love in, in an, an incredible way when the Holy Spirit fills us. And you know, what happened with Smith is that he had begun to take an interest in seeing people healed, but had realized that he did not have the amount of power that he needed to see everyone healed that was coming to him. And being baptized in the Holy Spirit changed that. Kids, the first thing I want you to do on your piece of paper is under where it talks about baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you're with an adult, they can help you with this. I want you to draw a picture for me of of the Holy Spirit helping you to heal somebody. Okay, because you know, kids, you are called to heal the sick. I know you know that because you do it in your kids' work. But I want you to draw a picture of you healing somebody and the Holy Spirit helping you. Okay, that's the first thing I want you to do. Everything changed for Smith when he got baptized in the Spirit. I want to tell you a story of what happened when he was asked to go and pray for a guy called Matthew. He says this, He began to receive invitations from all around the country as news spread of this new Holy Spirit fire that was upon him, the Holy Spirit. On one occasion, he was asked to visit a young man called Matthew who was dying. As he arrived at the house, the man's mother met Smith and said it was too late. Unmoved, Smith replied, God has never sent me anywhere too late. After a night and and day in prayer, he returned to Matthew's bedside. Wigglesworth returned to the house emboldened and told Matthew, when I place my hands on you, the glory of the Lord will fill the place till I shall not be able to stand. I shall be helpless on the floor. He then asked Matthew's parents to put his socks on and then as it was always the case in such circumstances requested that they leave the room and close the door behind them so that he could be shut in with God. Gazing at Matthew's motionless wheezing form he's placed his hands on him. I prayed for the vision to be made good and instantly the moment I touched the young man the power of God filled the room and was so powerful that I fell to the floor. My nose and my mouth were touching the floor and I lay there in the glory for a quarter of an hour. All that while, Matthew in the bed was shouting, Lord, this is for thy glory, this is for thy glory. The bed simply shook, as did everything in the room. By the power of God, Matthew's strength, his life, and his heart, which was considered the weakest thing about him, were all renewed. I was still on the floor in the glory when he arose from his bed and began to dress. After he was dressed, he began to walk up and down the room shouting, I'm raised up for your glory, I'm raised up for your glory. Opening the door, he shouted, Dad, God has healed me, I'm healed. The glory filled the kitchen, the father and mother fell down, and the daughter who had been brought from the asylum and whose mind was still affected was made perfectly whole that day. (laughs) It's incredible. You guys, it's so important as Christians that we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's a promise to us that when we come to know Jesus, he wants to baptize us in his Holy Spirit. And not only for the first time when we first come to know Jesus, but as Christians that we continually go on being filled with the Spirit as we follow Jesus day by day. We must love the Holy Spirit. We must build friendship with the Holy Spirit. And you know, there's there's three, three, three things I want to talk to you very briefly that the Holy Spirit does. First of all, the Holy Spirit gives us revelation of who God is as our Father. It's the first thing that happens when you, when you encounter the Holy Spirit. It says in, in Romans 8, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us to relate to God as Father. And I remember the first time I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and something came alive in my heart, and I remember just crying because I suddenly realized, Oh my gosh, God is my Father. And I felt his love in a way that I'd never felt it before, and it was so overwhelming. Even on Friday, I was just spending time with God and again just felt the overwhelming love of my father. Just, just cried in God's presence. As I was, God, you're amazing. You're my father. The Holy Spirit shows us who God is our father. Another thing the Holy Spirit does is he, he tells us who we are as beloved sons and daughters. He tells us what our identity is. Turn to the person next to you and say to them, you are amazing. Tell them like you mean it. Turn to the person on the other other side and say, you are very powerful. Okay, you guys have just been the Holy Spirit to each other. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He tells you who you are in God. You are amazing. You are very powerful. You've got what it takes. You've got everything you need to do what God is asking you to do. It's the Holy Spirit who tells you who you are in Christ. We've got to get filled with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. The third thing is the Holy Spirit gives us everything we need to do everything God's called us to. If you're sitting there thinking, I can't do what God's God's called me to, you should be thinking that. You're in exactly the right place. The Holy Spirit will give you everything you need. Kids, when you're in a situation you don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit will give you everything you need. Just ask him. And you know, it's, it's so important that we realize that our kids don't have a junior Holy Spirit. They have exactly the same Holy Spirit that we have. That The Holy Spirit doesn't grow up with them. Exactly the same power of God that is in us is in our kids and is available for you kids. You need to know that. You've got access to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to live in you. had a text from a friend recently her five-year-old woke up one morning and said so last night i asked god to baptize me in the holy spirit and he did and it felt really good and now i'm going to have a new different life it's a five-year-old in our church guys who's who's getting baptized in the spirit have you been baptized in the spirit have you had that moment where stuff has come alive for you do you feel excited about jesus are you in love with him Have you allowed yourself, if you've been a Christian years, when was the last time you just let God come and fill you? Well, I feel like this is what God wants to really do. At the end of me speaking, I feel like he wants to baptize people in the Holy Spirit for the first time. And I feel like he wants to come and flood those of us who are just a bit tired and weary and come and fill us afresh. So the first thing we can learn about being a history maker from Smith is be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Be his friend. Love him. Love him. Secondly, we've got to be passionate about prayer. Okay, one of the outworkings of God of, of Smith's encounter with God and his intimacy with the Holy Spirit was he was passionate about prayer. He was always praying. And kids, what I want you to do—we've got some incredible prayers in our kids in, in this church. I heard of someone who was ba- babysitting for someone who was seven recently, and they got to pray together at night. And the first thing the girl said was, "Thank you, God, that you heal the sick." I mean, what a cool prayer is that's amazing. Just prayer. A seven-year-old in our church. The first thing they're like, thank you, God, that you healed the sick. Brilliant. So, kids, what I want you to do on your piece of paper is I want you to draw a picture of a prayer you want Jesus to answer. Or write a prayer out to God. Okay, and know that your prayers are powerful and effective. So Smith was passionate about prayer. His passion for prayer meant that he enjoyed incredible intimacy with God. You know, prayer is simply talking and connecting with God and being in in dialogue with Him. And there were many times when he was in prayer meetings where he would pray so fervently and God's presence would fall so powerfully that people had to leave the meeting. I just think this is incredible. Read about this. This happened in New Zealand in a prayer meeting. It says, He attended a special prayer meeting at which 11 leading Christians were present. As he began to pray, one by one, they left as the power of God filled the room. Harry Roberts, a Pentecostal pastor who accompanied Wigglesworth on his campaign in New Zealand, was unable to attend the meeting, but vowed that if another opportunity arose, he would remain even if others had to flee the room. Another prayer meeting was indeed arranged and after a number of others had prayed, Wigglesworth himself began to lift his voice. And amazingly, the exodus began again. A divine influence began to fill the place, recalled Roberts. The room became holy. The power of God began to feel like a heavy weight. With set chin and a definite decision not to budge, the only other one now left in the room, Roberts, hung on and hung on until the pressure became too great and he could not stay any longer. With the floodgate of his soul pouring out in a stream of tears and with uncontrollable sobbing, he had to get out or die. And a man who knew God, as few do, was left alone, immersed in an atmosphere that few men could breathe in. I don't know about you, but I have got a lot to learn about prayer. (laughs) I have got a lot to learn about prayer. And you know, scripture says to us, pray without ceasing. And I used to read that and think, oh my God, and just feel guilty, because I'm like, how do you do that? And feel like this weight of expectation, pray without ceasing. Do you know what I realized just recently? That's a privilege. That's meant to be a light thing. It's a privilege. We shouldn't read that and feel guilty. We should read that and think, wow, what an incredible privilege. I get to connect with my father all the time. I get to connect with him whenever I, whenever I need to, wherever I am, we can be in communion with each other. And it's a privilege. And and the the fun thing, the good thing is we've, we've done a discipleship language series. Many of you will have heard about it. If you haven't, the talks are on the website. And one of our discipleship symbols is to do with powering up and starting with prayer. Do you guys remember this symbol? Power up and start with prayer. And it's a way of us learning together how do we develop and grow our prayer life. And so I'd encourage you guys to take some time to look on the website and get into that a bit more and let's learn together. Why don't we just make a decision to learn together as individuals and as a church what it really looks like to pray. Let's learn together in this next season, maybe take some time out over the summer to get some time and just learn together what does it look like to pray. Kids, when you're praying, realize that God is gonna break in because he loves to hear your prayers and you can ask him whatever you like. Let's learn together how to pray. When we have our next first prayer meeting, let's pack it out. Would our first prayer meeting be the busiest meeting of our church calendar? Because it's about praying and coming to be with Jesus and encountering him. The third thing we can learn, and just to finish, is we need to be full of compassion. Another outworking of Smith's intimacy with his father was that he was full of compassion for those who were suffering and who didn't know Jesus. And kids, the last thing I want you to do on your sheets is there's a big heart on your sheet. I want you to draw in there or around there ways that you can be kind to people and to show them God's love because compassion is another way of talking about being kind to people and loving people. You know, Smith knew God's heart because of his intimacy, intimacy with him and because he knew God's heart, he felt compassion for people he met. It says this about Smith, it says for for Wigglesworth, love and compassion for the lost and the suffering were the essential requisites for ministry, not charisma or spellbinding, spellbinding speaking. If you preachers lose your compassion, he once says, you can stop preaching for it won't be any good. You will only be successful as a preacher as you let your heart become filled with the compassion of Jesus. One man remarked that at times Wigglesworth's compassionate sobs for those in need were so heartrending that the entire congregation would weep with him. So important for us as individuals and as as a church together that we catch something of God's compassion for those who are in need and don't know Jesus. You know, we're called to impact this, this community, and you know what, the thing that's going to motivate us is the compassion of God. You know, we can do the evangelism thing by tick of a tick list because we should do it and we do it out of guilt, or we can be moved with compassion. I was um, in town a couple of weeks ago and walked past the lady I, I knew a little bit, and she was sitting on a bench and I saw that she had a, a, a plaster on her arm. She'd obviously just had a blood test. And I was on my way to meet somebody and I'd seen the person I was meeting. I was going to go and get a coffee. I enjoy getting coffee, so I was keen to get there. And I, went to walk past this lady having noticed she's had a blood test and then suddenly I thought, I can't just walk past her and not ask what's going on. Why? Because I know what it's like waiting for blood test results. I know what it's like waiting for blood test results. And she was waiting for blood test results and something of the compassion of God came into my heart that made me step back and sit with her for a bit. And we talked for a bit and I got to pray with her and I just love her. What was it that motivated me to stop? Compassion. And I I feel like this is going to be a season for us as a church to grow in our love for people, in our compassion for people. You know, I heard a story recently where a particular church is giving a sum of money to their local council every month and just saying to the local council, we just want to love you and bless you, use the money however you want. How many of you know that is a whole new level of compassion? That is a whole new level of compassion. No strings attached, no agenda. We just want to love you. And the way that we grow in compassion is we get connected more and more with God's heart. The way we do that, we get filled with the Spirit. We just enjoy His presence. And so, I just want to pray for us. I feel like there's some provocations for that for us as as adults, as kids. Kids, just keep going for it. Keep being you. Keep loving Jesus. But I want to give an opportunity now for us to pray particularly for people who you, 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 you would say, when you're talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit, when you're talking about coming alive on the inside, loving Jesus, I don't feel any of that. I just feel a bit dead or dry. Then I want to pray for you. I really have faith God is going to meet with you this morning and you are going to encounter his love. And, uh, and, and for those of us who've been Christians maybe a little while, and we know we have had that feeling, but it's kind of gone away, and we wouldn't be able to say we're really in love with Jesus. We're just a bit tired. I want to pray for you too. So, okay, so why don't we all stand together? And kids, I want you as well. I want to encourage you to respond. I've heard about some of the stuff that's been going on in Quest and some of the time that you guys have had time to meet with God and God has really encountered you. And sure, it's happening in the younger kids' groups as well because the Holy Spirit wants to meet with you guys too. He is passionate about you. So... I, uh, I just want to actually, I feel like this is a bit of a key family moment for us. And so I just want to encourage you, if you want to be prayed for this morning, you want to be baptized in the Spirit for the first time, maybe you're not sure, I don't know if I have been baptized or not, then I want to pray for you. You might as well come up anyway, just in case. You can't lose anything, can you? Or if you just want more of God's presence because you want to grow in passion for prayer and growing compassion, I actually want to encourage you to come forward as a sign of, actually, I wanna go for this. So I'm just gonna give you some time to come forward and be really brave. God is just wanting, he's gonna meet with you guys. I, I really know it, so. I'm coming forward too. I want more of the Holy Spirit all the time, so I'm, com- I'm already forward, so that's okay. But if you just want more of God's presence, if you don't know whether you've been baptized in the Spirit and you just want, want to wanna to ask God to baptize you, then just come forward or go out into your aisle or something. Wow. I can feel God's presence already. He's, you know, when, when we come to him and say, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill me? Would you baptize me? He is like, yes. The Bible says you just need to ask, and he will come. So I want to encourage you, if you have responded to be prayed for, I want you not to pray. I don't want you to pray. I just want you to open your hands out to the Lord. And just, say, just just once, just say, God, would you come? Come and fill me. Just say that, and then we're going to pray for you guys. But Father, we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. We thank you that you're here, God. And we just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would baptize these guys afresh in your presence right now. Holy Spirit, would you come and wake them up on the inside again? Maybe for the first time, wake them up on the inside. If you've got kids with you, why don't you pray for them that the Holy Spirit would fill them Yeah, Holy Spirit come, fill us with your presence God, come and fill us afresh Father we just recognise our need for you Holy Spirit Holy Spirit we recognise our need for you, we just pray fill us up fill us up God, if, you're, if you haven't come forward just, feel, just receive from God where you are, he wants to meet with you and uh, you need him so just receive from him listen when the Holy Spirit comes people respond in different ways because God's powerful there's nothing to be scared of I know it's a bit weird when I first saw it I was like this is weird but when you, when you know God you know he's so kind he's just bringing breakthrough he's bringing a sense of his presence so you don't need to be worried about anything come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit if you are here and you're not a Christian and you're thinking what are these people doing I'd love to chat with you at the end because God really loves you and he really wants you to know him come Holy Spirit we're just going to give some time to let the Holy Spirit come he doesn't like to be rushed come Holy Spirit Father I pray for compassion to break in give us your compassion God I pray for power For power, you said, God, in your word that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon us. So we pray for a new level of power right now, Father, to see the sick healed, to see the spiritually oppressed set free. Fill us, God. Fill us, God.